Talis presents. This is AI in Decisive Moments. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Artificial intelligence has pretty much taken root in our daily lives to become a new normal, a collaboration between man and machine. Hey, Siri, get me directions to Union Station. Getting directions to Union Station. Alexa? Order more organic peanut butter. Organic peanut butter to your Okay, shopping. Google. What is the difference between frogs and toads? Most frogs have long legs and smooth skins covered in mucus. Oh, I'm actually getting pinged by an AI right now. Hello, Ava? Do you remember our last episode with Patrice Kane, chairman and CEO of Talus Group? Of course, how could I forget? I liked that episode. Yeah, it was good. Why don't you interview me? Hmm... Well, Ava, what's your take on the Turing test? You know the test to see if you can pass as a human? Give me a moment. Computing. 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 Well, maybe it was too soon for our artificial intelligent co-host to pass the Turing test. But at least she didn't leave me trapped in some remote facility with Oscar Isaac. So that's good. So let's get back to it. Today we're going to hear from Dr. Nick Ernest, who in 2013 began work on something called a genetic fuzzy tree. This process for AI decision-making is derived from algorithms using fuzzy logic. In the simplest of terms, this refers to the fact that the logic process for decision-making is not expressed in absolutes, such as true or false, zero or one, but rather as partially true or somewhere between zero and one. This allows an AI to deal with ambiguity to better mimic human decision-making when completing a task. The task Nick started applying genetic fuzzy trees to is extreme in scale and complexity, to say the least. AI flying solo. That's right, Nick's genetic fuzzy tree is going to enhance the decision-making processes for decisive moments in aviation. Prior to becoming a chief AI architect at Talus, Nick created what was hailed as a game-changing AI application for air combat simulation. We're not talking video games here. How did he do it? Well, it was through a process that runs multiple fuzzy logic systems feeding into one another to create a cascading decision chain where the ultimate action is informed by a series of decisions to allow AI technologies to make better, faster decisions. Nick explained this a whole lot better at a recent AI conference. So the methodology that my company employs is called a genetic fuzzy tree. In layman's terms, we make AIs with what's called fuzzy logic, a, a traditional control method from way back in the day that originally was applied for things like industrial applications. Nowadays, they're in your house for rice cookers, washing machines, they're controllers for that. And they work off essentially vagueness. While they're mathematically precise, they work with vague linguistic terms like hot or far or threatening, those types of terms. So for that particular project, we actually had available to us multiple fighter pilots that we were able to work with on a nearly day-to-day -day basis and really pick their brain about their process. As well as that, they handed us a, a, a playbook, which is essentially it looks like a football playbook, honestly, with, how it, with just how it looks on paper. And then contingencies if something else happens. But at some point, AI's fuzzy logic has to translate into some very precise actions, as you can imagine, especially for fighter pilots. Nick talked about what the actions would be. So, yes, the, the, the fuzzy logic part of this process actually works with linguistic terms to define inputs, so distances, uh, ranges, those sorts of things, and then does if-then rules on top of these linguistic classifications to come up with control actions. So, with, with this particular project, we were able to work directly with the fighter pilots and get, when would you make this decision? 
decision. What inputs, what, what are you considering? You're determining who should attack what target, for example. And just taking those thought patterns from them directly and encoding it into our system as possible because we utilize this construct of fuzzy logic. They, they call it like a dance or an aerial art form. Aerial art form. I like that. Nick expanded on how this construct compares to how humans process information. Our goal was to be humanistic in our approach, so we actually looked at the problem and the same steps they do. The only difference is we can compute our steps a lot faster than they can do. So in the sense of almost a thousand times faster than what a human can take in. So like a, a difficulty in that problem is say you have 200 inputs that are 200 data pipes being thrown at you and you're told pay attention to all these and don't mess up or you're dead. That's, that's a stressful situation. I'm honestly impressed by the things I've seen throughout my, my years here. But obviously if a computer can at least handle that with some sort of intelligence, it'll be able to process all of the information and make a smarter decision quicker. This type of AI would seem to be leading us toward machines that think more like humans. But Nick explained that the state-of-the-art AI is still geared toward highly specialized tasks. The potential there is enormous when we're talking about getting towards some sort of cognitive agent that is able to reason more humanistically. And the type of work that I do, and, and fuzzy logic is not the only approach in, in my camp of uh, the solutions, is more focused on application specific, very specific. So for example, like my alpha thing is not gonna be doing anything else except literally flying the, that exact type of mission. So in the state of the art for the board generic, that's still something that's, uh, I, I would say, has a lot of work before we're gonna see too many, uh, you know, rapid widespread industrial applications beyond, you know, things like analyzing data sets, facial recognition, pattern recognition, that sort of thing, and more getting into understanding beyond just the simple patterns that it's meant to identify. I read last year that Talos was actually part of the team behind the development of an artificial synapse whose processes mimic the synapses in a human brain. So it seems that the more advanced AI becomes, the more we're looking to humans for inspiration. Nick had some interesting insight into this idea. The focus really here is bio-inspired methods. So fuzzy logic is obviously one of them, but there are many others, swarm optimization, those types of techniques. And the problem there is usually these methodologies are pretty old, but there's new research, especially with computer capabilities these days, new capabilities to bring them up and run them to more complex problems than ever was traditionally allowable. That's that's my case, especially, you know, where I come from, started in the 80s, fuzzy logic control. And it's just till now that with some more research and stronger computers, we can do a lot more with it. Meanwhile, physically interacting with AI is still pretty foreign to most of us, and it comes with its own set of challenges. Nick explains his thoughts on how AI interacts with people and machines in complex environments, probably one of the most critical parts of making AI technology applicable in the real world. You know, that's a very messy problem. Anytime you're interfacing with the other humans, obviously a messy problem, but the conditions can have such a huge impact in what the sensors actually are going to be reporting to the AI. So it's foggy, it's rainy, there's slush being thrown at from the car in front of it. Obviously, autonomous cars are talking about multimodal sensors, different types of sensors aboard the, the, the vehicle, but still, even then, th there's a large amount of noise and randomness in that problem. And additionally, it's not just the environment you're fighting. Cooperating with these other people that are erratic, they'll do erratic things. And if you're too conservative, you can cause a problem. So the system can't just be operating in complete safety mode, otherwise it will just park on the highway forever. So it's, it's a really complicated problem to handle for an AI, absolutely. And there's a lot of facets to it where, honestly, probably hybrid approaches, you know, using this methodology for this particular application and another one for another is likely going to be the best way forward. Prior to the acquisition by Talus, Nick was CEO of Cybernetics, a small company operating just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Thanks for joining us for our second installment of AI Indecisive Moments. 
I hope this podcast has made you think about why it's important to take a humanistic approach to tasks and the need to refine AI over time to make our world more secure, more efficient, and most importantly, put the human at the center. Together, this is how AI is crafted with care at Talus and how Talus is creating true AI for transparent, understandable, and ethical AI. I think I have an answer to the Turing test. Oh, and what is your answer, Ava? I am an intelligence designed by a human, so that makes me a fuzzy logic human, right? I don't think that's how it works. Then why isn't there a human patch? Someone should invent that. This was the AI in Decisive Moments podcast. This podcast is developed and produced by Talus North America. The theme music is from Firstcom. Thanks to our special guest, Dr. Nick Ernest of Talus, the company creating decisive technologies for decisive moments. For more information, visit www.talusgroup.com.